good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Wright. Welcome to episode 200. We've hit the double ton, um, a very special honour. Um, with me tonight, I have a very, very special guest. It's his second appearance on the podcast. And evidently, it always happens after an inter-win against Roma. It <laughs> happened last year when Roma travelled to Milan and lost 3-1. Evidently, this was before a European semi-final first leg. Coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me to th- this evening, we are recording on a Sunday evening. Uh, with me tonight, I've got uh, a football journalist, com, one half of the Italian football pod with his co-host Carlo Garganese, previously working for Demarcia and Goal.com. I have Nima Tavelli Rizzari. Nima, how are you? Hey Scott, good to be with you. And yes, I'd, I'd forgotten that this was be- the, that last year was before Roma semi-final in the uh, Conference League. Yeah, uh, it was I was just, just 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 like last year. It's, it's it really is mirroring last year. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't that also when Inter when it was around this time that time when Inter were in the Coppa, Coppa Italia semi final playing Milan as well, double header. Could have been. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's Coppa Italia fi- Coppa Italia finals. Coppa Italia semi finals are normally what first week of April and maybe second late... week of May. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, something a, like that. Yeah, time does fly. That it that does. one, that one was a three-one win, and actually that wasn't a bad game. But yesterday, uh, I think if Roma met Inter probably three four weeks ago, would you agree that it could have been a bit different because both teams are going through different sliding doors moments? Would you agree? Where Roma have been hindered with injuries and. Inter just went, nah, we're, we're hitting form right now. I think Roma have been compl- are completely decimated by injuries. Yeah. And this is getting ridiculous now. This is what? The sixth year in a row at this point where no matter who the coach is, Roma's injury situation is... Well, Roma are more of a hospital ward than they are a football <laughs> club. You were an ER and it's, ward. It's just... It's just, and again with Kumbula, is another ACL. I mean, yeah. This now, this, this look. I believe in coincidence until I don't. This is no longer a coincidence. Roma can't be. There is no way that there is something else. It's got to be the pitch on the Olimpico. It's got to be something because something is going on here. You do not. No other club that I can remember in the top in in, in the top six in one of the top five leagues or any other league for that matter, has had this many ACL injuries as Roma has. There is something going there. And Mourinho never has injuries. So this this is something that they need to look at. What it is, is it, is it the ground? Is it how they're training? Is it What is the medical staff doing? Is, is it something they are doing? Like, what is it? Because this is not, this is getting ridiculous now. It's every year at this point. And it's always an ACL a season. Now, when was the last season Roma didn't have an ACL? Like, oh God! Uh. <laughs> do you even remember? Like, seriously? Like, no. it's, it's it's getting bizarre now. It's no. literally getting bizarre, and and it's um, it's ridiculous. It, no, and 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 that that makes I think when you put it into the when you put that into the light, when you put it in that light, I think you understand what Mourinho and Roma have done is really is really is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't. I'm not so sure about a few weeks ago, but. 
I will say that if this was a four or five weeks ago, yes, I think this would have ended in a draw or even a Roma win. I think Roma were in better form than Inter were, even though Inter were still... Well, Inter don't create as much now when they're actually winning, whilst when they were creating lots of chances, they weren't winning. Um, I think it's got to do more with the fact that the team is much more calm and patient mentally. They're more methodic. They don't get stressed. They used to create a lot in those in those instances when they lost those games, ridiculous amounts. Uh, but it felt like they were stressing, like they were they were nervous. They were not a team in balance, and that's why they lost those games without deserving to lose. Yesterday, I felt Inter were in control. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt Inter, Inter have been in control for a few weeks now. They don't create as much at all, but they are so much more methodic in how they play in both phases. Roma, on the other hand, I mean, what can you say? I mean, when you look at that roster and you see the number of players injured and you see who he's starting and you see the three teenagers from the Primavera on the bench, you see, you know, what, what can you, you know, there's nothing more Roma can do. And and I think that, you know, there's nothing more that he, that Mourinho can do other than at this point, I've got to be honest with you, effort, just focus on the Europa League. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, at this point, I'd I'd not I'd not play a single first team player other than those two games against Bayer Leverkusen, and you should be aware because Bayer Leverkusen are in fantastic form. Yeah. Like they ever since Xabi Alonso took over, I think I don't think they've lost a single game. They lost to FC. They lost the derby to FC Köln. On Friday evening. Oh, this week. Okay, so it was yeah, yeah. before Friday. Yeah, before Friday, yeah. yeah, yeah. So before Friday, they had not lost for sixteen games. I think 15, yeah. 14, 15, 16 I think games. it was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 just the method. I think they 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 drew four and won ten or something crazy like that. One twelve, like they were in a magnificent form. So. They are a side, you know. They have an Iranian striker inside that Asmund. They've got they've got some decent players. Mm. So Roma need to be incredibly focused, and they need to be disciplined. And I, I, for me, the most important thing, if I'm not mistaken, you're starting away. It's at home first. Oh, it is. Away, it's a home, it's home first and yeah. away second. I would okay. prefer if it was the other way around. Yeah, just, no, I understand that. Yeah. Okay, no. So look, this game is, you know. You have to. Mourinho has to shithouse it, and he knows it. And oh, he knows how to do it. He's been doing it for almost twenty years. Yeah, and it's in Europe. And but I'm just saying that it's going to be tricky. I'd rather have played Sevilla, to be honest. I would rather have played Juve than I played. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want to play Juve. Juve maybe in a final. But well, that's what I'm saying. No, you know why? And the reason I say that, yes, I understand because. I really like Allegri, but with the thing with Allegri and Mourinho is it becomes a tactical battle, as we've seen. It right? does, yes, yeah. It, it's not. It doesn't come down to one side could blow the other side out of the pitch because they're in a, you know, because that, that, that's not the kind of coaches they are. They look at it. This they look at this game like a chess match. Um, whilst I think Xabi Alonso is coming for Roma, and that worries me a little bit. It really does, and I hope that Dybala, Pellegrini, Tammy Abraham, whoever's playing. If El Shara we can play, I don't know when Chris Smalling is fit. I think he's in, he's fundamental for Roma. We've missed him the last couple of weeks. And Diego Lorente, who's come in and done really, really well. Yeah. Well, at least check if Zeki Celik is back because of yeah. that stupid injury. Sorry, suspension. Red, red card, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, for me, Chris Smalling is the most important player. 
I, mean, I agreed. It's and I've said I've said it for two, three seasons now, and people Roma, some Roma fans, not many, but some, were giving me lots of stick for me saying that I think Roger Ibanez is not good enough to play at Roma, and that I don't think he is good enough to play at a club like Roma, and that he always is one second away from doing something incredibly stupid. And I think we've I think I won that debate. You Ooh. have, you have recently. Because <laughs> in not recent recently, week, he's always done this, though, Scott. Like, when he has. has he not been doing this? We we did a Derby Della uh, Capitale review uh, six weeks ago. Mm. Uh, we said Roger Abanez cannot play a Derby Della Capitale game ever again because he's it's his kryptonite. He's cost a lot of points. For Roma. But it's 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 not just that. It's just I a mistake. Like there are different degrees of mistakes, right? Chris Smalling made a tiny mistake against Roma, against Napoli. Yeah, Victor Osman. Yeah, Victor Osman. That's a ti- that, that's an acceptable like that's mm. a fraction of a second. Like that's fine. That's not a huge error. And also that was a world class Van Basten eighty eight oh, finish. Right, great goal. So so that I mean that that, 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 that that's that's different. But this guy is a is a walking own goal. Like it's a tick, it's ticking time bomb. Uh, I we've so I didn't mean to interrupt, but recently, and I reckon there is times in the past where he has the these moments. But I feel that he'll be gone in the summer. And also, good. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel that Joseph's lost trust with him. That's why Lorente started a lot of games before he got injured instead good. of him. This is this yeah. is what I loved about Jose Mourinho when he was at Inter. He didn't mess about. If players messed about and did stupid things like that, they were out. Simple yeah. as. And, He's and ruthless. I like that. No, he, well, he should be. It's it's yeah. a results based business. He's the one who gets sacked if you don't deliver the results. Mm. So I mean, it's it's his name on this, his neck on the line. So he has to. And and I'm glad that people are realizing that because I've been saying it for three years, this guy is simply not good enough. Um, and I think I feel bad for Roma because I think Roma are actually a decent side. And, and it's, it's just like this idiot comes, they build something good up and then this idiot comes and does something incredibly stupid. That makes you wonder, like, I mean, how many lats, how many derbies has he cost Roma now? I mean, three. It's, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. Three. It's, 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 it's yeah. yeah. It's, twice it's not, this season, twice this year, which is just the red card, the walking red card in the second derby was the worst. I, I, it was. That's the thing, though. He t- he does the mistakes he does are so dumb. That mm. they're like it feels like they're Sunday league level mistakes. You know what I mean? Like it's not a profession. A professional footballer does not do what he did yesterday, giving the ball to Lautaro Martinez like oh. that. Unattack. He, he did so well to get the ball ahead of Lukaku. We'll talk. I'll talk a bit more about this in a moment. But and then he just gives the ball away, and I was like, "Don't, no, no." And then Cristante was a little bit too deep. If he stepped up a little bit more, you could have had an offside. But yeah, it was just a stupid mistake. And I was well, I mean, Cristante is not supposed to be there. I mean, he's, oh, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's filling he's fill gap. He's a yeah, it's a stopgap. Yeah, gap. because because exactly because of the situation Roma are in. So. The, the actual central defender is Roger Ibanez. He should mm. not be doing that. And he does it all the time. And, and, and it annoys me. Stuff like that really annoys me, regardless of who, which team it is. It's like, oh, come on. At, at this point, at this level, that shouldn't happen. Making, like I said, making mistakes is one thing, but those kind of cartoonish Sunday league things, I, I have zero, zero tolerance for it, regardless of who it is that does it. 
and and, and, and with Ibanez, it just it's a never ending. Yeah. It's just never ending. He also could have been sent off last week against mm. Milan for like yeah, Salamakas, and I was yeah. like, I rewatched it because I was at another game. I was like, oh, that could another referee on another day could have went red card, and it was it was stupid. Has the, the I thought for about when Mourinho first came, he he did well. And then they brought Smalling in to protect, to go to a back three, to give the experience to both Mancini and Abanez. Mancini this year in 2023, is, it's been the absolute standout. And he has been excellent. He's he's a shithouse. I love it. Um, he's Marco Materazzi 2.0, because that is <laughs> his hero. I've been waiting for him <laughs> since he was at Atalanta, because I really liked him at Atalanta. Mm. I was. I've been waiting for him to finally deliver consistently, and he has now. Mm. Because I gave up last, like last uh, in all in, in last spring autumn, before Christmas, before the World Cup. I was like, I'm done with him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm breaking up with you, Jamaica, because <laughs> I'm tired of defending you and you do stupid things after one after another. Because I really, really rate the player. I really did. I think I actually remember when I think it was Fonseca who played him as a regista, and he was yeah, absolutely the, uh, fantastic. Was, and I was, yeah. I was on the train that you know why are you even playing him there? Play him. Don't screw the defending thing. Play him as a midfielder because he, I mean, the, the, he was absolutely fantastic in that role. Um, but I mean, I understand that he wants to be a defender. He sees himself as a defender, and I think he's been really good next to Smalling. I think he's taken strides this season that that I that I actually think he's learned to do. I think Jose, he's the kind of character who Jose knows how to handle, uh, in the sense that Jose can win him over in in his communication, and he respects mm. Mourinho. And when he respects Mourinho, Mourinho can can reach him and tell, talk to him about discipline, about not getting himself sent off, about not you know about concentration about you know self-control impulse control things that he has struggled with in the last few years um and 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 then that he knows how to channel that shithousery that like you said the materazzi thing that he can channel the shithousery in the right way which i think he started doing i mean the game against feyenoord that was well. First of all, that is probably the, one of the most insane games of football I think. Oh, tell life. me about it! Oh my I, god! I, I, I mean, I was watching this and going, "Nah, I can't, I can't do this." <laughs> like, I, I how am I, how am I an Inter fan? I'm, mean, how am I an Interista and have to deal with that? You know, emotional. How do you reckon I felt? <laughs> and and then and then as as my time off, I have to watch this madhouse. Like, like, nah, I'm, I'm like, nah, I can't do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think I tweeted out saying Roma make Inter seem normal. Yeah, like th- th- that's how it felt. Like that game was just like, come on. Yeah, it was. And, it, but in that game, crazy. it was like everything was crazy, and so he felt like that was the normality, and so he was brilliant in that game. He was, and and when he got what's his name sent off and said. Bastian Jimenez, yeah, Mexican striker. Yeah, and he tells him ciao, arrivederci, or whatever he said. It's just, ah, it's brilliant. No, he's, um, no, I I really like him as a player. I think, I think you got something there, and I think Chris Smalling, well, he has been. I think he's been probably after Kim Min Jae. I think he's probably been the most consistent and best defender in the Serie A this season. I I completely agree. Chris Smalling has barely put a foot wrong. Agreed. Um, and and I think him when he got injured, I, when I saw that, I was like, well, if he's injured, then that's it for Roma in the in the, in the league. Like yeah. there's no chance they they finish top four. Their only chance is winning the Europa League. And I think that's more important as well. I think building a winning culture 
is more important than finishing in the top four. Um, and Mourinho knows that, and that's what he's addicted to. That's how he builds his teams. And so I think, for me, I think that that is what should be the goal. Get to the final of the Europa League. And in a one-off final, without United and Arsenal there, well, immediately they can beat Sevilla, they can beat Juve, without a doubt. And to me, again, Jose Mourinho has given, if he were to win the Europa League, he will have given Roma European pedigree. Yeah. That's something they've never had in their history. Definitely. And that's absolutely insane. I hope he stays. I never thought so I'd say I. this, but I really hope he stays at Roma. I think it would be a mistake. Even if he won the Europa League and brought them to the Champions League, I think it would be a huge mistake of his if he left. I really think that. I think he needs to learn. He made a mistake when he left Inter and go to Real and went to Real Madrid. And I think he realizes that. Even it's, though it was a, the right move to do from a professional point of view as a neutral, but it turned out to be a bit of a mistake. I think he and, and I know that you know there's rumors of Real Madrid and other clubs. He's not he needs to be at a club like Inter and Roma that have this perceived vision of themselves as a you know, we're fighting the establishment, we're underdogs. You can't argue that you're an underdog when you're at Real Madrid or Manchester United. It's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. But when you're at a Chelsea, when you are at a Spurs, when you are at an Inter, when you are at a Porto, that works because that's already there at a Roma and so on. You can't do that at PSG. You are the establishment. Yeah, you're the top dog. You yeah. are the top elite yeah. top dog. Yeah, you are. The, you're the agenda setter. I mean, yeah. there's no To claim that the referees are against you at Real Madrid <sighs> is pathetic and no one buys it. And the whole thing f- falls flat. So, so I know that he's got his eyes set on PSG and he's got his eyes set on Real Madrid. But I hope that he, he learns. And I think because I think that if he were to stay at Roma, I mean, having if he wins two European trophies there, that's that's him written history at Roma. Ah, and if it's back to back, something. Oh that my has god! Been done, yeah, it's never been done, and it's no. it's unbelievable if he does that. And now nah, it's it's truly, truly, truly remarkable. And and I, and I really hope he does it. I really do, for the sake of Italian football, and also because it's good. Like I'm all in favour, as I always say on our podcast. Um, I think when Italian football is at its best, it's not just when Inter and Juve Milan are doing well. But that's, of course, really important for Italian football to do well in Europe. But you need to have the geographical spread as well. I think mm-hmm. Napoli coming up and winning the Serie A is incredibly good for the league. I think a Roma winning a European trophy like this two years in a row is incredibly important for the project, for the for the for the piazza, for for the way that for the interest of Italian football. Um, it's good when you when these when lots of Italian clubs are competing for silverware. Um, and and it's it just it, the interest and it creates a, an atmosphere in uh, in the country and in the league and the coverage of the league that is that's that's good for it. I hope there is three Italian winners, but deep I down hope so I, th- I think the biggest chance is the Europa League because I think yes. the Roma final would be fantastic. And and I would say Fiorentina, but I have severe trust issues with Vincenzo Italiano. Um, I don't think that man knows what defending is. And I think that is pretty important in football. Yeah. <laughs> like to at least know what it is. Yeah. And because when you know what it is, you might actually know how to do it because he doesn't do that. He thinks defending is optional. Like his teams are walking goals. They, they, I mean, it's just bizarre. Um, I think his, his attacking patterns and 
His attacking movements are fantastic. But he he defends like people did in the 1940s, 50s in football. It's all man-marking all over the pitch. It's like watching reels in black and white, only it's in colour. He likes to play with 10 number 10s on the pitch. It's mad. It's crazy. I watched them against Monza a few weeks well, then ago. Well, you know. The yeah, first I'd time, like... I think, since that Adel Piero incident, they were 2-0 up. Fiorentina and the Serie A and lost 3-2. Yeah. The first time since the mid-90s, that famous goal when 17-year-old Del Piero scored the winner and at the end. I think Vialli scored twice as well that game. But yeah, no, that was the first time that they lost in the Serie A 3-2 after being two goals up. It's crazy. Mad. It was crazy. I, mm. I, I am looking for, forward to all um, the European football this week. I, 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 I would love to see three Italian teams win it. Me but too. Deep, deep down inside Nima, I feel it's only going to be two. Yeah, it's the yeah. Champions League because Manchester City are—they're a juggernaut. And well, it's Real, Real Madrid—they need to get Real past Madrid. Real Madrid. Yeah, first. <laughs> like, yeah, it is, and it's know. Real Madrid who won That's, the Copa del Rey last night against Arsenal. Yeah, and not just that—it's it's Real Madrid and Real Madrid. The way they play, they're not the Galactico of the, you know, the Ronaldo, Bale, blah blah, BBC. Well, you know, it's not—it's not that. Uh, Benzema, Bale, Ronaldo. No, what it is instead is this ridiculous machine that knows exactly, that are so calm, cool, collected, composed, know exactly how to act, when to act, how to act, when to act, and when to act, and how to act. Like, it's just, they are never stressed. They are never, ever stressed. And they've got that man who personifies cool on on, on the sidelines, tactically absolutely brilliant, who knows how to control a midfield, who gets the best out of the squad that he's got, makes everyone feel good, motivates the players, tactically second to none. Now, Caroletto is, you know, I, I think he, I think a lot of people might be surprised at what he's cooking for City because, you know, don't underestimate, we're talking Real Madrid, they're the reigning oh, champions. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they did win it last year and they have the Ballon d'Or winner up front. Mm. Um, and it's still they they haven't exactly become worse than last year. And they do have the Benjamin Button of football in the midfield in Luka Modric. He yeah. is just unreal. I mean that midfield is in and of itself mad. They got rid of Casemiro and they've not really decreased that much. No, they've not, they've not gotten worse. You can't really tell me that. What they're doing is just doing this kind of slow, safe, you know, generation turn of rejuvenating their team and they're doing it really really well nah nah real i any i'm not you know i i'd rather interplay city than real madrid because if it's real madrid i know inter are going to lose 2-0 i just know it but i know that with city at least there's a chance they can counter and and suffocate city because pep will do something stupid yes something Something, Something like, you know, because they are we, they, they, their weaknesses lay defensively, as we've mm. seen this season. But, but that, but, but Ancelotti in a final with this Real Madrid team, no thanks. There is zero chance Inter and Milan win against Real Madrid. Zero. There is no chance because they, he knows exactly, he knows how to, you know, he's going up against Pioli and Inzaghi. Like, Ancelotti knows how to, <laughs> knows how to, how to run, how to handle that. <laughs> He knows how to handle that. He's not. I'm not. He's not stressing over that. Let's put it that way. 
No, we'll wait and see. The European football is cooking next week for the next mm. two weeks. This end of the season in all football is the best. Uh, I love it. We've got playoffs mm-hmm. over here in the UK. We've just had the National League playoffs, today, uh, the semi-finals today, the fifth tier, and there were two sellouts. And it's uh, it's Notts County and Chesterfield. Like you probably know about the Rex and story yeah. well i'm not going to go on a tangent but there's a lot of good football coming up in this at the end of the season um should we talk about yesterday even though it pains yes, me let's. too sorry 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 yeah, oh no we've been that. on a tangent. we we go on tangents on our pod we talk about okay. it's good uh we talk about weather we talk about food uh <laughs> <laughs> walking um yeah uh train train ticket prices yeah which actually evidently uh, did me over when coming back to to Swindon to watch the Roma Feyenoord story but that's the story on itself but yesterday it was uh, Roma nil into two that was pretty much the final nail in the coffin for Roma's Champions League hopes there was the sliding doors moment of the 1-0 going 1-0 up last week and then Salamak is scoring at the back post and Everything changed since then, yeah. but with the that injuries, I thought yeah. that was just broke. Yeah, that was that... a little bit that that was it. Yeah, that was. But it would have been a hero had they had Roma pulled this off. It would be heroic. Oh, it would be uh, just be it would be Barcelona two point <laughs> in the Champions League. But I've now today, like yes, yesterday and today, I've now think yeah, top four is pretty much out of reach. I was really hopeful. And then yesterday was like the final dagger to the heart. And I was like, okay, Scott, you have to be realistic now. Because like, on the pod about six weeks ago, before Juventus had their 15 points back, I said, both Roman clubs will make the top four in Champions League. And I was like, oh, I'm being bold here. I'm being bold and brave. And I said it for a while. And I think, nah, it's over. Both Milan clubs have hit form. Juventus won 2-0 today and they got their points back. Um, Vlaovic scoring an absolute wonder, a Waldy, uh, and then I think, ah, oh, yeah, shit, we've got just injuries, suspension, and it's just it's cut us off at the knees, and we've got the Europa League to look forward to. But yesterday, um, into one two 0 with goals from Di Marco and Lukaku. For me, it was two individual mistakes from Roma. Um, Roma went three five one one, which they had to, they had to compact the midfield and try and just stop into on the counter-attack, which with that inter-midfield of Barella, Hakan Chalanoglu and uh, Brozovic, just unreal at the moment. But two individual mistakes cost Roma. I, I, they, were, they were slightly got on top for about 15 minutes in the second half. There were some chances, there was a bit of pressure, but Inter defended really, really well. I think it was like a raw rumble on corners, if you ever spotted mm. that Nima. It was, like, <laughs> it was like last 15 men in a raw rumble. Um, but then I think Inter scored at the right times. Just They capitalised on Roma's poor mistakes from Spinazzola not picking up Dumfries and Roger Ibanez's mistake for the Lukaku goal. But overall, what was your thoughts as an Interista? Because I I watched I watched both teams like I mean for our pod and also as a journalist Mm. I I I don't just watch from an Inter perspective I might tweet more about an Inter perspective when Inter are playing but I watch games to 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 see the lines to understand the movements to understand the tactics behind it to understand what the game plan is and 
and to to basically you know I love the tactical side of it. I love the battle of the brains. One thing I was really impressed by was how Mourinho had decided that Chalanoglu was to be erased out of the game. Not Brozovic, mm. but Chalanoglu, which I thought mm. was a really, really interesting decision. And to be honest, it kind of turned out to be a very smart one up until the fact that Marcelo Brozovic, when he's in that form, is a world-class player. And you can't not pay extra attention to him and the goal came from Roma's disattention to Brozovic when he plays that ball I mean yes it's a good cross by Dumfries but that is Brozovic's goal that pass and that mistake by Roma to not pick up Brozovic give him time not put pressure and allow him to thread balls through you do that and you're screwed Mm. it doesn't matter if it's Croatia or Inter He, he will you know he's that good um, but that, that, I mean, that was the interesting aspect that Mourinho decided to completely man mark or mark out Chalanoglu from the game. Um, but that that was really interesting, and I think that's a wise decision because Chalanoglu has shown this season, especially when Brozovic has been injured, that he really is a bit of a tutocampista. He can really do pretty much everything. He can play a six, can play an eight, can play a ten. Um, he not not equally as good as one another. I think now as a six and an eight, he's outstanding, one of Europe's top players. And number ten, I'm st- I still have my doubts. Um, I think he's a little bit too slow in terms of reaction to be in a good number ten. I think you need to be, be a little bit more quicker on your feet. But regardless, he he the way that he is how how him and Brozovic because he's much more direct. Brozovic is so more patient and calm and it's let things take time. Don't stress. Let, you know, build calmly and patiently and methodically. Chalanoglu is much more direct and he, he, you know, he, he sees things quicker and he makes, and he's got the quality to make these first time long passes. The problem with that is when Brozovic is not on the pitch for Inter, it's that Inter become a little bit too frantic at times. With Brozovic on the pitch, Inter never become frantic. They are calm, composed, cool. But that's something that's clear that Mourinho wanted to stop Chalanoglu. And he did. Chalanoglu was invisible. Um, and and now that was an interesting aspect. From a Roma perspective, I thought it was really interesting to see um, Pellegrini's role without mm. Dybala. Because yeah. I'm of the opinion that Paolo Dybala has killed, Lawrence, uh, has killed Pellegrini. Uh, are too similar would you agree i think it's i i don't think they are that's the thing i think the problem is that when you have paulo dybala he demands the ball yeah he He demands the ball so much that you have to utilize pellegrini in a different way you almost have to play him as a mezzala or almost play him as a defensive like left midfielder if you know what i mean to cover up for when El Sharavi or Dybala do their things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, but I think that's a waste of Pellegrini. And I, and that is, if I were to be critical of Mourinho this season, I'd be critical of that. Um, I'd be critical that he's not yet been able to unlock the best out of Pellegrini and Dybala, because I think they should be able to play together. Um, so I, I do kind of, I am critical of Mourinho for not having found that. But I did really enjoy seeing Pellegrini play yesterday. I think he is, I think he's, um, he's really turning into, he's really coming into his own. 
I mean, he wants to take responsibility. He is mentally prepared to be the new, you know, at, at Roma, the number the number 10, quote-unquote, and the captain has to always be Roman. And Pellegrini is that guy. Uh, and the way that he wants to shoulder that burden or, or shoulder that responsibility is really, really something. And the way that he's developed into that player is something I really find, I, I find that really interesting. And I really like that. I am a little bit surprised that Tammy didn't start or came on sooner. Me too. Well, I thought he would have started, but uh, a part of me reckons he may have saved him for Thursday against Leverkusen. There's no doubt that that's what he did, and yeah. I think that's probably the wisest decision, if we're mm. honest. But I was a little bit surprised that Tammy didn't start more, or didn't start earlier, or didn't come on earlier. Um, no, it's. Uh, I, I just hope, I haven't read anything today, but I just hope Chris Smalling can play on Thursday. And I think if Chris Smalling plays yesterday, um, well, that second goal doesn't happen. God, no. It's he's, there covering, he's there covering the space. He reads, he can smell danger. And I think when, you're, when, when you've spent two years next to, next to our good friend uh, Roger Ibanez, I think you become almost a little bit yeah. paranoid that a mistake is coming. So you're kind of almost expecting it. But uh, no, look... I thought Roma, I didn't think Roma created anything really dangerous, but I didn't, but Roma did know how to increase the tempo and create pressure. And Roma on set pieces are lethal. Oh, um, it's, it's their number one weapon this season. They are. And I think that's really important. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I, given the circumstances I really enjoyed, I thought Roma were good. I didn't think they were bad, but I don't think we can ask anything more from that Roma based on the circumstances. I really don't yeah. think you can do that. It's the, the side is, is we've, we've talked about it for a couple of weeks and you've mentioned it as well. It's depleted. It, they've been cut at the knees and I, the race for top four, it, it's over. And I agree with you, Roma must settle for the games against Bayer Leverkusen and, and maybe the final if they reach it because the, the running is not too bad. They've got Bologna next Sunday evening. And they've got Paolo Sosa's Salernitana, but they do have to go to Florence, and then the final game is against Spezia. So they sh- could get three wins, maybe. I think they should just punt it. Or just it. Punt, punt it, it. out. Yeah. Punt out. I mean, no, punt out. Who cares? You're not mm. going to finish in the top four. You're, you're, you have to win the, you have to put all your eggs in the Europa yeah. basket. Oh, yeah, just gonna, you just have to. Um, the, the the reward it just outweighs everything else so much um, yeah. that I think at this point it would be madness not to. My um, only fear is sorry, sorry to interrupt, but go, go, go. is that do you remember when Roman done it two years ago under Paolo Fonseca? But I know oper- Fonseca, yeah, the op- yeah, the operative word being under Paolo Fonseca. Fonseca, yeah, uh, <laughs> they conceded like a hundred and forty Serie A goals, one hundred and forty I mean, goals. Paolo Fonseca. I'm sure he was a very charismatic and nice man, just not very good at def- a fo- being a football coach, in my opinion, especially in the defensive side. Yeah, um, uh, lovely man, very charming, all that stuff. Just don't rate him as much as a coach, to be honest. Um, he's done all right at Lille. he's done all right at Lille this season, but I don't. I think me and you in agree with in agreement was. Italian football probably wasn't the best for him. Maybe yeah. something like Premier League or French football was probably good for him. Well, he's he's that kind of a coach and he's that kind of an ideologue. And he, Italian football is too... 
I don't know. I, I think in terms of attacking, he's all right. He's a decent coach. I think he's he can develop players and he does good things. But his he just he's like it's a little bit like Vincenzo Italiano. He just doesn't defend. It just doesn't doesn't. <laughs> that's a detail. That's something that you know that they write in storybooks. You know, it's not a real thing. It's like Father Christmas. Mm. Like you know I mean, like, he, that's the way he treats defending because. Roma under him just did not know how to defend. There was nothing. It's, it's, I mean, I was wondering how does a training session with him look on defensive phases? Because on the defensive phase, because they look like they have no idea what any. They, it's like go out there, boys, and do your best kind of thing. Yeah, defense. That's how it attack. felt. Yeah, yeah. defense like. Yeah. But in attack, it felt like organized. It was structured. It was. They were a difficult side. They, they played really good football. Um. But I think you need to have balance, no? In yeah. life and in football, yeah. Generally. In football, yeah. <laughs> I mean... yeah. It, my only regret is that because I, I, cause I know that Mourinho and Fonseca are completely the opposite coaches. Mm. Um, but if if Roma were to, I think if Roma were to just put all their eggs in their basket for the Europa League, Mourinho is the perfect coach for it because he'll know he's won the he's won the Europa League actually he's won that title twice once in the UEFA Cup with Porto mm. before it became the Europa League in Seville against Celtic uh, and then remember the next season he won the Champions League yeah. <laughs> and then he won the Europa League with Manchester United in in yeah. was it Stockholm against Ajax yeah Stockholm so, yeah. yeah so so i do believe that if he puts the eggs all in that basket, I, I'm more confident than it was two years ago, where for some reason um, Fonseca went three v three against against that Man United attack, and it was. I mean, um, I don't even know chaos. what. I, I don't even want that. That that triggers me. Like I remember that, and it triggers me because it's dumb. It's yeah. so dumb. It's, it's just that's, that's the only word I have for it. it's dumb. <laughs> it's like why are you positioning yourself tactically in a way to make your opponents better than they are <laughs> it, it, it gave me PTSD and thankfully I I was finished counselling at that time so I might have to re-go re in but yeah um, I do agree with you that I am looking forward to Thursday it just it just feels it I'm I'm ready for it now. Me too. Like, I'm really I'm really looking forward to those two games. And yeah. Inter against Milan Inter and, and Roma Leverkusen. I'm really looking forward to to both of those games. And I and another thing like there's something about that Mourinho always does everywhere he goes. European games at home. There is something magical in the air when he's when he coaches teams in Europe midweek <laughs> at home. The he he has this incredible ability to make people dream. And he's got the entire city of Rome. Well, not entire, but the red and green, the, the Giallo Rossi side of, of Rome, all dreaming. And you saw that. I think that changed last year towards the end when he won the Conference League and we saw those scenes and he was crying and he ran. And like it was clear that the, 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 the Giallo Rossi are fully behind this team and behind this manager. And, and he does that. First, he gets in. When things go well, it always starts. He go, he goes in there. There's hype. He starts picking fights. There's a bit of, you know, the, the wheel screech. But then he wins everyone over, and then they fly off, and win. And and that's what happened last year at Roma. And I think this could, 
And I'm hoping it kind of does this year as well because I want five Serie A teams in the Champions League. And so I, I oh. really want, really want Roma to win the Europa League. I really, really want them to do that. Um, and, and it would be so, so cool for the Serie A to have Roma. Because I think Fiorentina have a chance as well. Uh, I think David Moyes is just about useless enough to be able to lose to Vincenzo Italiano. Uh, yeah, I, 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 as I'm, I am in the UK. I don't watch as much Premier League football as I as I used to, but he has his moments, Mister Moyes. And you, you're thinking that you have a front front three of Skamaka, Bowen, and Pakatar, and probably. Ben Rama, and you you should be able to get stuff clicking with that, but it One it would hasn't, think so, wouldn't it? <laughs> it hasn't this season, but yeah, um, I'm I'm hopeful as well. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We are coming up to the business end of the season. Uh, it is the the most important time. Um, it's long winded because teams are into maybe three competitions with Inter because you've got the Coppa Italia final. Teams are going to be playing like nine games in like thirty days which is manic but there is a prize at the end of the and there is a prize at the end and also there is light at the end of the tunnel also but yeah um on wednesday how are you feeling um i i i saw leao coming off with the minor i i think he will i think he will play i think mm. this is all he might not be in peak mint condition but I think he will. There's no way he's not. Pioli's not like neither he nor Pioli will risk him not starting that game mm. because of how important and fundamentally important he is to Milan. But I have a feeling, and and I and and it's kind of re. It's 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 more it's reaffirmed every time I hear Bastoni or Inzaghi or any other player speak Darmian speak about the game that. Inter are viewing this as two legs. They're not going to Spalletti this. They're not going to start push, doing something crazy and push high up in the 15th minute and go a goal down after 20 minutes and then that's it. Just end up chasing the time. They're not going to do that. They're going to be very calm, composed, controlled, cool, patient against Milan. And I think I, I keep coming back to the Coppa Italia semi-final last year, the double header against Milan. The first game was horrible. Barely a single chance was created by any side. None of them wanted to attack, and so no one attacked, and the game ended goalless. That's where I think Inzaghi is with this. I think he wants to... This is a counter-attacking game. He's going to want to control the midfield. It's not going to be too deep, but he's going to want to control proceedings and not have, you know... And I think Milan are happy to let them do that, but I just don't want to see them hurt on the counter with a Leao running for pace and space against, you know, Darmian or Acerbi. Like, that is just not something I want to see. And you've also got Megan Rapinoe playing at left-back at the moment <laughs> with that, that... Sorry, that is Teo Hernandez. Sorry. Sorry, I don't want to get into trouble. Sorry, Twitter. Yeah, well, it, with his pink hair, he does stand out. But to be honest, he did play well yesterday. And he's, he has yeah, no, been playing he well. He is. Look, I, I think we can... You know, we're talking about a world-class player. Mm, it's yeah. as simple as that. He does spend most of the time on the floor. I will say that, but... But this is the thing, though. I... He is so good at diving. 
<laughs> that I can't hold it against him. No. But he is so good at that. That is a skill. That's something I remember growing up in the 90s. I used to always say that, look, I can't... There is a particular skill in knowing when to dive and how to dive and knowing the timing and the movement of, and controlling your body so that it looks natural. That is a skill. And Teo Hernandez is, I think, the best at it in the world. I remember Del Piero was a master at it. Um, I thought Del Piero and Totti were fantastic at that. Like, I'm not saying calling them divers, because I think every footballer dives. I think that's such a stupid debate. Oh, your your player is a diver. Well, they all do it. They all do extent. it, yeah. I see it but, week in, week out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody does it. It's, it. it is what it is. But I think there is a there is actually a skill set to it. Um. Because you you really need like three replay, you know, re you know, uh, instant replays to see. Oh, he actually didn't even touch him. Like that, that to me is a skill. And Teo is the best in the world at that. I think right now, um, you know, the embarrassing ones are the ones that get turned made of mockery out of. Is that but, Juan Cuadrado? Yeah, I mean that is just. I mean, Jesus Christ, he is not good at diving. <laughs> He's not good at diving. He's an embarrassment. But Teo Hernandez is so good at it, um, and 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 it literally every time he's fouled, I'm thinking, oh, that's got to be a free kick. And then you see on the replay, actually, no, it's not. He's just really good at it because he knows when to do it and when how to look and and how to how his body's supposed to move without it looking like he's faking it. That's really impressive. That's 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 a really good skill set to have, um, and I know he gets a lot of stick for it, but I don't. I think it's part of the game, to be honest. I oh, think. Is it? yeah, I it's always know. been part of the game. It's, it's a part of the it's, game. it's a good art. It's a good art. Um, are you it's confident? the dark arts. It's the dark but arts, but yes. it's good. <laughs> if you know yeah. what I mean. It's, if you're, yeah. if you're on the, and that's why we have VAR. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know that's why we have VAR. So they, if if somebody, you know, if if he doesn't touch him, then the VAR has to intervene. So it's an insurance policy, isn't it? Yeah. Could you imagine a life without VAR in the oh, last five years? Not. No. Absolutely not. I would be uh, as much as there have been problems with it, and there are problems with it. I would rather ne- not in a million years give that much power back to any referee like that. Yeah. No, oh. no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I watch a league which doesn't have it in, <laughs> in the Football League, which is a shame. But oh. Yeah, EFL, uh, they don't have it. I don't know if they were going to trial it in, in uh, the Championship League 1 and League 2, but uh, the state of referees in the Football League is probably up there with the worst in Serie A. They are bad. I would say that the state of referees in England generally is... Oh. Abysmal. I mean, oh, I shocking. complain a lot about how poor they are in the Serie A, but when Orsato would be the greatest referee to have ever refereed in on the on the British Isles, uh, <laughs> that says to me everything I need to know about how poor. There's not a single ref- Premier League game that I don't watch, wondering how the hell is this guy a professional referee? I agree. Um, they well, are really bad, man. Yeah. Like unfit, fat, middle-aged men. like like, there's nothing wrong with that but just don't be a professional referee when you're a a unfit middle-aged man like it's just you know they they can't keep up their decision making is dreadful there's like michael oliver is all right i think he's probably one of the better ones but what's the name of that one who always oh what's his name his name eludes me who's always uh he's a walking mistake 
Oh, there's there's a few. There's um, oh, who am I thinking of? I Paul Tierney. Um, no, no, no. John Moss. No, the the other one. Oh God, he he with Arsenal. He he had a thing with Arsenal. Oh, or Arsenal have... fans said he had a thing with Arsenal. Oh, I have to Google this because he well, always screws them over. They think well, it wasn't the 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 wonderful and the uh, charismatic Mike Dean was. It? That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Uh, he is a Tranmere Rovers fan, and there is when they got to the playoffs a couple of years ago, he was front and center. I'll, I'll I remember that video. Yeah, yeah I, I remember yeah. that video. I actually thought that was rather charming to yeah. see. To be honest, I think of course you know I like to see it makes them human. Like you know, it you're, does. You're, but I, I'm of the opinion when it comes to referees that we should really professionalize it. Meaning. We have younger, like, instead of, you know, you start scouting people to become referees at an early age um, from 18 to 25, you know, that's the kind of, that's the age I would like to see. There's nothing that tells me that you couldn't be, why couldn't someone be a good referee at 25? True. At the yeah. highest level. Like, what yeah. possible, pro- like, why couldn't you give them that experience? And why, what is it about bit 35 to 45 that says, like, it's just, it's, it's ludicrous to me. Yeah, right. it's because they can't keep up. They're a little bit older. If you have a younger, I yeah. always say, I always say, and I, I saw this. Train them of, early. Yeah. If you can have 18-year-olds playing football at a high age, we're, you know, running that much, then I'm sure we can find a referee who knows what he's doing at 19, 20, 21, 22. If you professionalize it, this notion, because this is like this notion of the referee is the judge and the judge has to be an elderly gentleman. Like this is like, I don't know, the ancient Greece. And we're like going to the, you know, to, to, to Socrates to ask for advice kind of thing. You know, that's, it's such, such an archaic way of viewing things. Like you don't need to be an old wide sage with white beard to, do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not how it works. It's too, football is professionalized. Yeah. Know, this isn't Lord of the Rings. We're not going to Saruman for advice. We're, we're trying to understand if, you know, we're trying to have fit elite. We're trying to have a system where fit elite athletes are able to be judged by, you know, who when they run as quickly as they do and move as quickly as they do. And naturally, the younger and fitter you are, you are able to keep up with them. No, mm. I'm surely I'm, not, I'm I don't feel like I'm breaking anything controversial here. No, so like, no. <laughs> It's, it's well, like to me the fact that when you say this in football, this becomes like this kind of, oh, I never like in foot in the in the, in the world of football, every, everything that is like, yeah, every other aspect of life becomes this kind of avant-garde new statement, and it's just weird. Oh God, I could, I we could literally talk about another for another hour on yeah. referees, and it, yeah. yeah, I don't want to waste anyone's time because I could do a whole podcast of referees, <laughs> especially in league in the EFL in Serie A. Yeah. I watched the Torino Monza game earlier, and there was two decisions: one on VAR for Sanabria's disallowed goal, yeah. three and a half minutes, and the and the referee was right in front of him, and you could have done without the three and a half minutes and the non-award for potential penalty on Samuele Ricci which Ravella got caught on the wrong side yeah. and was uh, dragged in That down. is something like when it comes to the penalty thing I need, I want IFAB to be more clearer and I think, and I want mm. the, uh, like especially with a handball rule like you got to be clearer in your communication to fans and players and amongst yourselves because now, 
with the way that they've changed it and they brought the deliberate aspect back again, well, what are the guidelines? I understand that there are guidelines, you know, a natural position is depending on how high up you got your arm and all that, but then make it clearer because right now it feels like one player has his arm out and falls down like Danilo against for Juve against Hellas, but because he was falling, it's not a like, do you know what I mean? And then yesterday when Darmian with his body was arm was close against his body, that's not a, I mean, I, I want, I want clarity. I want uniformity. I don't think Darmian's yesterday was a penalty. Cause oh, I don't it's never a penalty. No. I mean, how is he going to, like, the ball ricochets off his own foot and he's got his arm, like, there's no intent there. I get that. But, I mean, when you watch earlier in the season when Danilo's hand, like, against Hellas away. And Bremer. Know, and Bremer. Yeah, and Bremer. Yeah, Bremer and Danilo, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was like, okay, well... What? Why not here? The ball didn't ricochet, did it? It was he, he tripped or whatever. Yeah, and it was like so. They need to clarify that because it just it just gives it a because what we want is that the laws of the game are transparent and applied coherently and consistently. That's what everyone wants, really. We, you know, what are the laws and how are they interpreted and how are they applied and how are they applied so fairly and consistently? That's what we want. So. That, that, that's my little gripe there, like gripe there. It's like, come on, just clarify it. Stop changing it. You don't need to change it. Just clarify it. You can reinterpret laws without changing them. And you can give guidelines to explain them better. Do that. Don't just change for the sake of. I completely agree. Um, before we wrap this up, I always like to do some general Serie A chat. I've Go been... for it bringing that in on the last six to eight weeks and I really enjoyed talking about it. Um, Napoli basically have won it and our streets ahead. Um, how have you felt Serie A's gone this season? Because um, I've enjoyed it, but I felt like the quality beyond Napoli hasn't been great. I, I love the Serie A relegation battle. I'm looking forward to the two games tomorrow um, because Sampdoria have been a mess and for some reason I like watching Sampdoria um, I don't know why it's a glutton for punishment for the for this season I'm not even a Samp fan but it's just the, the history of the club and it's a lovely ground Agreed. Uh, no look Genoa that city Liguria look the the Derby della Lanterna is one of the most beautiful derbies, oh, and I want them both back I want, they are Serie yeah. A clubs they should be in the Serie A full stop mm. so I'm with you on that uh, as for the quality of the league I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit there because okay. I, don't, I don't I don't think the the leagues the quality I think it's difficult to speak about the league as a whole I think you have to divide it up I think the top sides Napoli Juve Lazio Inter Milan Atalanta Roma Fiorentina they are I think they are levels above the rest of the league um, they are they really are much better than 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 people give them credit for and I think the fact that Juve, eight defeats. Lazio, eight defeats. Inter, 11 defeats. Milan, seven. Atalanta, 10. Roma, 10. Fiorentina, 10. I think, sorry, Roma, Roma, seven. Atalanta, seven. Fiorentina, 10. That shows to me that this is a, this is a, they are all, they can all beat each other because the top team, even though they've all overall, the quality of them overall has increased. They they are still within striking distance of one another, and as a, and as such, 
they they need to be on their game where they can lose a lot. Because I mean, if again, I can't remember the last time a second place team on match day thirty four had eight losses. I don't think that's no. That's oh. yeah. That's it's crazy. Been a, it's been a while. It's been yeah, a long while. I really I had can't to think remember. That. <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't. I can't remember that. And 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 the fact that Atalanta or Inter with eleven losses have a chance to finish in the top four is is mad. Um, Lazio eight losses, sixty four points. Juve eight losses, sixty six points. Milan seven losses, sixty one points. I mean, that's mad. Um, so, to me, I think the top have improved overall, and I think that's backed up by. Well, when you compare with the with with Europe, five teams in the yeah. semi-finals of the Serie A for the first time ever, not even in the nineties when the Serie A dominated, was it like this? So that's that's unique. Um, I think that shows that the quality of the league has improved uh, in terms of the players and the tactic and the coaches. Of course, are fantastic. Um, you know, Italy are the best for for producing coaching talents and tacticians. There's no doubt about that. But um, so so I think. That is true, yes. But if we're talking quality of the league in terms of Sampdoria, Cremonese, Spezia, no, that is a pot. I mean, I, I'm one of the people who thinks that we should cut down the Serie A to 18 teams. 18, yeah. I think there's two teams too much. Um, I know Cremonese now beat Spezia and they are... <laughs> you know, they're four points. As we're recording this, Lecce and Verona are drawing. Yeah, it's half, I think it's about half hour in. Yeah, it's a half hour. So, And I think that's how that game is going to end because I think they both, you know, a draw is good for both sides. Um, but regardless, you know, Cremones on 24, Spezzi on 27, Verona on 28. I mean, there is still, there is hope for Cremones and Spezzi and Verona are by no stretch of the imaginations out of the woods. But, they're not very good sides, any of those teams. They're and not. Sampdoria have been abhorrent this oh, season. It's a mess. Um, I do feel for Stankovic because he's come it's in and the club is rotten. and mess. It's an absolute mess and they're yeah. going to be relegated. And I hope it's a one year, you know, as soon as Ferrero can, sorry, do one, pee off, uh, the sooner he can piss off and, and they can sell the club and bring someone serious in who's not, you know, stuck in this nonsense that he's got the club in. So that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see him do one and they get a serious owner and then just that use that year in the Serie A, Serie B, to re- recalibrate, find their identity and come quickly back up again. Because Genoa won, releg- won promotion yesterday. They did, the yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah, Saturday. Um, they're they're yeah, second. Yeah, it's because Frosinone are top. Uh, yeah. Is it Bari third? Yeah, Bari oh, third, Sudetirol fourth, Parma fifth, Cagliari sixth, Palermo seventh, and Pisa eighth, tied oh, with Venezia. Playoffs, um, playoffs are going to look good. Oh, play- I'm just saying, watch out for Palermo. Watch out for Palermo mm. in the Serie B playoffs because no one expected them to. I mean, let's remember, they didn't even know like when the se- when the season was a week away they were barely they barely had a full squad assembled like <laughs> they barely had anything there because you know they won you know they won um uh promotion um they won promotion but it was all chaos um so from serie C to serie B last summer uh and they just put together this you know, because they changed owners and it was like this thing was just put together within a few days. 
um, and they are now in in the playoff position. And, and I think they could. I mean, it would be so beautiful if they came up. I'm, I'm kind of giving it away here, but yeah, I, I think I want I want another team from Sicily <laughs> back in the city. I like again with a geographical spread, like Salernitana, Napoli. You know, as then again, I also want Bari up as well. Um, I mean, Frosinone are from Lazio or that region, and and then you got you know Genoa needs to stay up. So yeah, no, and Parma are a Serie A club as well. But I think that you know, I think Bari and Parma and Sampdoria next season are my favourites to win it if they play their cards right. And Cagliari as well. I mean, classics Serie A team need them back up as well. Uh, Ranieri's in charge. Isn't yes, he? And he they is. won five nil away at Perugia. Yeah. Which is which is a hell of a result, and Lapadula scoring. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the Serie B results. I do like to. Um, did Mancusu score from about 400 yards? Was it 400? He scored an absolute worldie, didn't he? From yeah. a, a shit, from just uh, inside his is uh, sorry, just inside the opposition's half. Uh, English, Scott, English. But yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, I do like to keep keep an eye because it's not televised over here. It's on like a streaming website. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not paying eight quid a month for another streaming website where I can watch three leagues or something like that. But um, I did see the videos from the Genoa yesterday and it looked amazing. And it's good to see them come back. But then you get to see the, the very sad demise of their city rivals. And we're, it, potentially you're going to go through two years without the, the Lanterna derby. And that's, that's a crime. That really is a crime because that is one of, for me, that's probably one of the most intense derby city dar- rivalries in all of the Italian football. It's it's very very intense. Uh, it's very heated and very prestigious and and beautiful as well. Um, and so yeah, I, I can't wait for that to happen. I mean Bari as well. They are you know they're third and 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 would be called. They're also from the south and we need them. No, look, if I could decide, I'd basically just hand pick, you know. Cagliari, Parma, Bari, Genoa, Sampdoria, um, and Palermo, uh, right up. Just throw them up to the Serie A if I could. (laughs) And still Um, keep it 18 teams. Yeah. That would be the best season ever. Like, I mean, just bring all the classics in. Um, All the classic teams back. Uh, Get Britain back. Ascoli. Yeah. Uh, Siena, oh. bring back Catania. Yes, Catania. We need Sicilian derbies Messina. in the Serie A. Catania is, is yeah, Messina as well. Yeah, no, Catania for sure. I, I'm so happy they they won promotion. Um, and and I just because they are, I think they're the seventh or sixth most supported team in all of Italy. They have a really, huge fan, yeah, they have a huge fan base. Catania. Wow, I did not know that. And yeah. I've been watching Italian football for. 25 26 years no they are huge Catania is huge and and that's why I want them in the Serie A and I I remember having them the 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 Sicilian Sicilian derby um between them is no it's it's unbelievable yeah we're we're gonna go down a a a reminiscing yeah we are hole that I think either one of us are going to go on YouTube and just watch our Serie A videos. <laughs> oh, and that's pretty much what I do every day anyway. So. <laughs> it's just business I, as usual for me. 
I did that quite a lot during lockdown. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was a must to keep you on your same. toes. But, same, same, uh, <laughs> and yeah, same on your toes. And if it when I was not working from home, yeah, it was the stuff I was doing. Um, we've pretty much waffled on for almost yeah. an hour and five minutes. Sorry um, to everyone listening to this. Oh no, this is this is fine. Normally, our our podcast normally go forty minutes, forty five. Mm. We we like to waffle. Um, I won't bring up Gasparini because we could be here for another half mm. hour, but that was not great on what he said yesterday. Uh, today um but uh, that's probably if not probably one of the worst things he said about that poor poor Dusan Vlavic has been racially abused for I, I imagine it's the second or third time in Bergamo once when he was doing an interview I think I saw the clip again um and then today I only caught the last couple of minutes of the game, but then I saw the referee. Well, it was, was twice, ju- and Doverly had to stop yeah, the game. And yeah, no, it was it was it was disgusting. And when he scored, you could see the emotion. The thing is with Gasparini is I'm not defending what he says because I think what he said is so stupid and just wrong. But I wonder if it's a generational thing. Yeah, more than anything, because he's no he's not exactly a teenager, is he? He's... I honestly think he just doesn't know better. No. Was he mid to late sixties? Mid sixties? Yeah. It's definitely a generational thing. I think it's a generational. I just don't think he understands it. I I just don't think he knows what it's about. And instead of getting and and also he's a cranky son of a bitch as well, so it's not easy (laughs) to communicate with. So so, that's on him. But I honestly think it's a generational thing. I don't think he's got because I mean, based on what he said, my conclusion was that he doesn't get it. He's no he has no idea what's going on here. Just no, get it. when you say something, oh, I've got three players in my own squad who were sort of of the same nationality. Sorry, or was it uh, Jim City, Sutalo, Sutalo, and CCX Pasilic? Yeah. And I thought, oh, what are you doing? Don't say things like that. Just no, but it, it just shows it. to me he doesn't get it. He just no. doesn't get it. He's mixing up nationality with ethnicity, and 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 that that's that to me is like it's stupid, and it makes him sound like like he came from another time zone. But maybe that's just exactly it. He comes from another age. I, I think it's a generational thing. I really do. I really, really do. I think education and information and 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 you know educating as people as to what this is about is is, is key. Not just getting angry. My initial reaction was also face palm. Yeah. But then it was and like, me. and then I was like, well, actually, Mike, how old is he? He's not exactly 30, is he? No. He's pushing 70. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe this is an educational issue. This is a generational issue. I don't, you know, do you, do you go after your nan or when she says something that's maybe not with the times? No, of course you don't, because you respect your elders and you understand that they were raised in a different time age. I think the same is true of Gasparini. And I think we should maybe not cut some, some slack, but maybe not crucify them. I don't, I don't have the same tolerance of someone who's my age and says something like that, because that to me is malicious. Then there's intent behind it. But when a 70 year old man says something like that brazenly and saying, Oh, let's, you know, they, they were just being rude. Let's not exaggerate. Then I'm thinking, I don't think he gets what he's what this is about. Yeah, this, this 
uh, it was that was my feeling. That honestly yeah. was my feeling because well, he wasn't defending it. He was saying, "No, no, you've got it wrong." Like yeah. he was trying to convince them that they got it wrong. Do you know? Do you see what I'm saying? Like if you watch do, the interview, yeah. he wasn't denying or defending. He was saying, "No, no, no, they were rude. They just weren't racist," which is stupid because one does not exclude the other. A and two, he was racially abused. Now, whether yeah. or not. Dusan Blaovic is a Romani, uh, is of Romani heritage, which he isn't, is irrelevant. It's a racist term. That's what Gasparini doesn't seem to know. That's why I think. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever I had do. people who are old, elder from an older generation? Because we do progress as humans. So, you know, our society moves forward. We learn and we discover. And I think, I think we should understand that and again he's not exactly teenager and i'm and i'm not exactly making excuses for him because i don't particularly like the guy uh i just think that this is not about him i think this is more a general point is, it's a society yeah issue. Uh, it's yeah. a societal issue and he is an old man like in at his age he should be retired like usually you retire at that age um and you know i'm not saying he should and I'm glad that he's healthy and I'm glad that he can do his job and all that. My point is simply, oh, you see, he's 65 years old. So he has to pushing the retirement age. Well, you know, have you, if you have any 65 plus relatives, ask them about race, gender, sexuality, you know, mm. you're not going to probably most often they're not, you're not going to like what you hear. No, <laughs> but that's life. We move forward. Uh, and we evolve and every generation learns of the mistakes of the past. So we can't, what are we supposed to do? Cancel all our grandparents and parents? Of course not. That's stupid. But maybe we, we you know, we can talk to them in the same, in a, in a calm voice and tone and say, actually, this is what it's about. And you'll see that more often than not, they will react well to it. Completely agree. Um, it's probably not the, the, the topic I wanted to end on. We've no. gone, we've gone on almost an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. I do. I, I did say to you, oh yeah, it'll be about half hour, forty minutes. Yeah, right. But... Well, that's my fault. <laughs> much. It's not yours. I, I like. To, I, I talk a lot. We waffle. <laughs> we waffle on this podcast. Um, it's a bumper episode. It's our two hundredth. Um, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Nima, where can we follow you on social media? Well, I am on Twitter, uh, at Nima, T-A-V-R-O-O-D, and the Italian Football Podcast, uh, if you want to listen to that, is available on Patreon, Google Play, uh, Spotify, and YouTube. We put the Monday episodes are free for all. You can listen to that every Monday. The uh, Tuesday Q&A pod and the Thursday midweek review show, they're on Patreon, uh, behind a paywall uh, for two ninety nine dollars uh, XVAT a month, and they are they're without ads, whilst the free ones obviously have a few ads in them. Mm. So that's it. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, Scott. Uh, thank you for no. inviting me. No, it's a an and good luck pleasure. in the Europa League. I really want Roma to win that. I really, and really like do. and likewise in the Champions League. Um, yeah, um, there's going to be a couple of nervous nervous games the 180 minutes i nearly said 120 minutes 180 minutes of just me angst. rocking yeah anxiety the anxiety levels i went through it twice with the two clubs i went through last season with playoffs heartbreak with swindon we lost on penalties in the semi-final we we should have won it 
overall and then the Conference League last season. This season is going for a Roma, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's just going to be anxiety-ridden two Thursday nights. I imagine it's going to be with you on a Wednesday and a Tuesday where it's just like, God help me. <laughs> it's just like yeah. pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm really looking forward no, to it. No, the Roma game gave me, I think the Roma game even though I'm not a Romanista, that that may have shortened my life. The Feyenoord at home game that oh. you play, that may have shortened my existence on this earth with a couple of years because that was insane. That was genuinely you're, an insane game of football. I've never seen you're an adopted. Like you're an adopted Romanista. Well, I'll say it quietly, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I aged because uh, like me and Jerry would do the podcast. We went, it was, we said before we finish, I'll, I'll say this. It was an emotional roller coaster. You had your ups, you had the down, you had the up of Dabala scoring in the 89th minute, and then you had the massive ecstasy of the two goals in extra time, plus the sending off. So you had up in the first, uh, second half, a low with the header from final, the the ecstasy of the Dabala goal, and then just chaos. And it was just. Yeah, um, thank God I was off and not at work the next day because I would have just been an emotional wreck. <laughs> no, it was, it was a mess. It was, it was, that game was like, it was so, it, it was, it was not pleasant to watch. Like it was, it was, I was thinking like, I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, what, what, what the hell's going on? I know, um, and you don't even support the club. <laughs> no, it, it was just drama. It was insane. But no, I really hope, I really hope me, that there's enough energy in the tank to do something against Bayer Leverkusen, 1-2-0 win, and then go to Germany and just and park shit the out. bus and the yeah. bus, bus, boat, plane, caravan, bicycles, mopeds. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care, but if it's, if it's mobile and it's big and you can park it, then move it. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> if Roma take a lead to, to, to Leverkusen, I will say that Roma's percentage possession play will be below 30. Oh, God, I love in, in that. The second half, I in love the second that. Half. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they don't need the ball. Don't need the ball. Don't need like it. it. Like, <laughs> uh, I, against Real Sociedad, I think it was 18%. And at one point, <laughs> I love it. at one point, I think we were about 15 minutes ago, Roma had 94 passes, Real Sociedad had 405. But that. <laughs> We'll wrap, yeah. we'll wrap it up there. Um, yeah. Guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. You find our previous episodes on the on the website. Uh, you can find all our episodes on the app, uh, the podcast platforms, Apple, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, etc., etc., etc. We'll probably have a podcast Friday after the Bayer Leverkusen game. Um, I am planning to have something beforehand with uh, to do a preview. If that doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. But Nima, thank you very much. You've come Pleasure. on a bump, bumper episode, an hour and 15 minutes on the 200th episode. We've gone on many tangents on this Sunday evening. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And you're more than welcome to come on again next season. Anytime. Anytime. Hopefully, hopefully it's not two more into wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, but um, enjoy the weekend, guys. Me and, too, mate. Enjoy the weekend over here in the UK because it's a bank holiday weekend because of the King's coronation. Enjoy the football in the Champions League. And ciao. <laughs>